Conspiracy theory disclaimer. Let me just clarify before this episode begins that there is no evidence that any of this is true. This episode is for educational and entertainment purposes only. I am not suggesting or trying to say that any of this nonsense is true. Please don't sue me. and welcome back to Crime Spiracy with your host Shalane and Quentin. Woohoo! Halloween was yesterday. Yeah. All right. We had a very, very eventful <laughs> small gathering with our <laughs> few close friends. You know, got to keep it small. Corona. Be safe out there. Yeah. I dressed up as uh, a Hogwarts student. Just recycling a previous year's costume because I'm broke, but <laughs> this week is one of our little talking topics. Quentin wanted to talk about cyberpunk again. <laughs> oh, yeah. The other day, I remember I talked about it on a previous episode, so I figured I might as well bring it up again. Do they freaking delay the day it was supposed to come out? They delayed it. It was supposed to come out in October. No, it was supposed to come out like early like January, like June or July or something. January. Not January. It was supposed to come out in like June or July. And then it was supposed to come out in October and then November, and now it's going to come out in, like, middle of December, and I'm, like, sad. And the developers have been getting, like, death threats. Oh, my God. I know. They're, people are pissed about it. <laughs> oh, my God. That reminds me of how pissed people were when they released, like, um, the tidbits from, like, Sonic, and then they had to, like, remake the movie. Oh, yeah, like the trailer yeah. where, the, where the Sonic didn't look like Sonic and people were pissed. Yeah. Yeah, that was funny. That was really funny. Yeah, they shouldn't have effed up that bad in the first place, though. That yeah. Was, like, that was ridiculous. It's like all those Renaissance paintings of, like, people when they're drawing a cat, but they've never seen a cat before, <laughs> and they're just going off, like, descriptions. Yeah. Yeah, those are those are some funny pictures. And actually. it's really, like, proportionately fucked up. <laughs> yeah. If you want a good laugh, go Google. Yeah. <laughs> go Google that. Renaissance uh, cat paintings. <laughs> That'll probably... Never mind. Um... <laughs> So another topic is my my TikTok topic of this week is um Christmas. I woke up this morning and I was, you know, doing my little scroll through of the day and wasn't even like noon yet. It was in the morning and I was in there for like maybe maybe a half an hour, which is a lot, but <laughs> um and yesterday was Halloween, and I'm already seeing people doing, like, dances to, like, Christmas songs, or, like, how to make your own, like, Christmas decorations, and it's like, Halloween was yesterday. People need <laughs> to relax. <laughs> yeah. Like, wait until, like, at least it's snowed outside, you know? Also, USPS is shit. <laughs> I, I, they are making me very angry. I um, I just recently started getting into tarot cards, so I read cards, and I ordered a new deck of cards from Etsy, and they shipped it out on the 16th. Of October. Of October. No, the 16th of November. <laughs> <laughs> and the expected delivery date was the 20th. Now, it then I checked it the 20th, and it said, in transit, arriving late. 
and then it was in a place that is two hours away from where we live on the 22nd. (laughs) And then it was an hour away on the 24th, and it is still in transit arriving late with no expected delivery day. That's funny. I've even tried calling and, like, emailing, like, their help centers. Nothing. So, um... I I talked to the lady on Etsy and she said that she was going to try and call and figure out what the fuck happened there. It's probably because she got the cheapest form of shipping possible. She got first class shipping. Oh, really? It's yeah. like not that bad. Huh. Like I said, bro, they freaking they've been dealing with budget cuts and they have to do all like the ballots right now for for the election. I don't know. Yeah, but it was expected on the 20th. <laughs> yeah, I guess it is kind of ridiculous at this point, but I don't know. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm kind of <laughs> mad about it. Quentin, where did you say that other people were viewing from? Canada and Russia? Oh, um, no, because we had... It was Russia and the UK before. Uh-huh. Um, but I was looking at our analytics earlier, and it was it was actually quite crazy. Um, we actually have people listening in, um, in Australia and Canada now. Not, I love you guys. Shout out. Yeah, 4% of our listeners are actually in Canada, so that's pretty crazy. So, you know, I might be going up to Canada depending on how this election turns out. <laughs> <laughs> Quinton is going to start us out this week with a conspiracy. I sure am. So yeah. I asked you guys a couple of weeks ago if I should do the QAnon theory, and I got absolutely zero responses, so I just decided I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> love that um okay so it's pretty interesting conspiracy so basically um q first emerged in the month following the election of donald trump so like early 2017 Mm -hmm. um it was for it first stemmed from the popular fringe fringe message board 4chan so in q's first post he explains how he's a high level insider within the trump administration he claims that he has q level clearance which basically means he's allowed to access um, like all of the top, very top secret restricted data within the government. So basically, he explains that within these documents, um, he's learned about a secret battle going on between Donald Trump and this like global pedophile ring. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so within 5,000 plus posts, um, Q claims that Barack Obama, George Soros, Hillary Clinton, Tom Hanks, Ellen oprah and even freaking pope francis are involved in this in this um pedophile ring but here's the real kicker they're not actually just pedophiles they're cannibals and what (laughs) they're cannibals who eat children and drink their blood in a demon ritual to reverse their aging to like make them live forever Oh my god, this is some Bloody Mary shit. <laughs> so for any longtime theorists out there that are listening right now, this may th- sound familiar because this theory plays quite heavily into the deep state conspiracy. Uh, this conspiracy also mentions its belief of... So it basically just ties into a bunch of different conspiracies. It's kind of like a, an amalgamate, amalgamation of all a bunch of different ones. So they believe um, the Area 51 conspiracy with... Um, aliens. They believe the 5G conspiracy where 5G towers are hurting people or they're spreading coronavirus. They believe they're being controlled due to the MK Ultra experiments. Go check out our previous episodes to hear more about those. Yes, episode 3 up on Spotify right now. Um, and that uh, Michelle Obama is actually a dude. Wow. Yeah, so they hit all the boxes here. So basically the people who really seem to believe in this 
are politically right-leaning and Christian. It also mm. seems like older people are among the big, biggest groups to be targeted by these conspiracies. Um, they're, the, they're the biggest group who believes in it. Um, so basically, they think that Donald Trump is the world's savior, and he's the only one who can stop these evil people and protect our country and protect our children. Oh, my God. So, yes, Donald Trump is the Lord, basically, according <laughs> to this conspiracy theory. He can, he's the only one who can stop this. Um, Q uh, yeah. claims that Donald Trump actually pretended to collude with Russia in the uh, 2016 election in an effort to try and get himself investigated. So, um, basically, instead of the truth, which is he colluded with Russia to win the 2016 election, which is what most people believe, he actually faked colluding with Russia so that he could um, get an investigation into himself. Q claims that he used this investigation, also known as the Mueller investigation, as a cover where he actually worked closely with Mueller to investigate um, these blood-drinking pedophiles. So the, these, the investigation basically wasn't actually about him. It was about... Um, it was about, you know, the, this pedophile and ring. And Obama and Oprah, exactly. That's what it was about. These people basically... Um, believe that JFK Jr. faked his death and joined the fight against this pedophile ring. And um, he's actually who QAnon is. Q seems to claim quite a bit of crazy stuff that will happen and has a track record to eventually have these proved wrong or not to happen. So why exactly is this such a massive conspiracy? I'm sure um, you've probably heard it on the news. You've heard it all over Facebook, all over Twitter. Um, uh, a lot of people seem to believe this one. Um, so why is it so big? Um, so uh, uh, basically, it's because of it's it has a really good timing with the current political climate and the ever-expanding group of conspiracy theorists. Um, a lot of people, especially older people, are now they're shifting into this this um, mindset where anything they hear on the internet is true, and this is really big one. This is like a really big conspiracy, and it ties into all of their other conspiracies that they might believe in. And it, and it just evolves in their mind and really, really fucks with them. Um, and it also happens because um, a lot of people are shifting to the use of alternative websites for the news. So no one's using, well, I mean, people are still using, but not as many people are using like CNN, um, Fox News, ABC. They're using like Vice. They're using like the Huffington Post, New York Times, Axios, Politico, stuff like that. And a lot of the time... Um, these websites can actually lead to um, misinformation within these things, which could lead them to believe in these conspiracies. People on 4chan mostly use YouTube and Facebook to spread this disease of a conspiracy. The FBI has reported that, that conspiracy-led terrorism has been on the rise in recent years. The FBI has also gone as far to label QAnon, the conspiracy, as a potential domestic terrorism threat which actually makes sense when um, it happens that Q's followers are murdering people in his name. Oh, my God. <laughs> mm. Normal people, or the people who don't believe this dog shit, are pissed because Trump has been spreading this theory via over 100 retweets of Q's followers' posts. Oh, Jesus. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, anything that gets his followers riled up, it's, it's going to make him happy because, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously, in this conspiracy, he's the savior of the world, you know? So... Um, when he was questioned about his support, he neither denounced it or um, denied whether or not he believes the theory. 
Um, so in his mind, you know, he's he doesn't want to tell people that it's wrong. You know, Any publicity is good publicity. Exactly. He just wants to spread to spread this nonsense. So to summarize, QAnon is an amalgamation of a bunch of different conspiracies, like the 5G conspiracy, deep state conspiracy, MK Ultra conspiracies, and the Area 51 conspiracy. They all put Donald Trump at the top as the savior of the world. A group of pedophiles, namely big celebs and politicians, control the world and drink the blood of children to reverse aging. So this is obviously a horseshit conspiracy, and it makes me angry that it has even gained the traction that it has. Tell us what you think about it um, on our different social medias. Um, they're all linked in the description below, or you can go over to crimespiracy.com where you can um, check our our, uh, our different uh, social medias there um, and comment under our podcast. All right, Shalane, what do you think about this one? I think this is absolutely fucking crazy. It's It's really unfortunate. And, um, I hope that, I hope that these people get educated. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to happen. They're either going to die or, They're or continue believing in this. Yeah. All right. Ugh. What do you have for this week? All right. So for this week, we're going into some deep shit on, on the murder half of this podcast. And I honestly believe that it is going to be longer than our other episodes because I have almost triple the amount of notes that I have had for our previous episodes. There is a very, very heavy warning on um, this week's episode. I am doing the Toy Box Killer, or uh, David Parker Ray. The warnings for this episode includes rape, torture, vivid crime scene descriptions, drug abuse, and animal cruelty. Shit. Yeah, this is a very intense episode, so if you have a light stomach, if you can't handle like a lot of a lot of deep shit i would highly suggest um skipping my half of this episode but if you would like to listen to the parts that aren't like gruesome i will add another warning in right before we go into like the actual murders and like deep shit of this episode so if you would like continue to listen to like his introduction okay so we're starting off with little boy david um as a child, his parents um, got divorced because his dad was an alcoholic and was very abusive to the whole family. Um, David and his younger sister, Peggy, lived with their grandfather afterwards. Um, he was sporadically visited by his violent alcoholic father who would supply him with magazines depicting sadomasochistic pornography. Now, Fuck. for those of you who are unaware of what that means, it's a mixture of sadism and masochism, which is the sexual pleasure of hurting others or being hurt. And um, I'm also not trying to, like, say that there's anything wrong with BDSM. Like, you people out there, you're into what you're into, as long as it is consensual and you are not doing what he is doing. <laughs> yeah, this guy's pretty fucked up. Yeah, not... No shaming on the community whatsoever, but this guy is terrible and disgusting, so don't take notes from this. Um, David's mother also, like, disappeared immediately after the divorce. Um, she wasn't around at all. She was said to be very heavy into drugs and alcohol after the divorce. Um, David was also said to be a very reserved and shy child, which made him a target to bullying as a child, both at home and at school. So, moving on to high school, yeah, the, the best time of everyone's lives. <laughs> um, David then experimented with drugs and alcohol. 
um, as anyone would who had an abusive father, lived with their grandfather, had BDSM pornography, was bullied as a child, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, during this time of abusing substances, David formed his real fascination with the BDSM and pornography that his father was giving him. Um, this is during the 50s and 60, 60s, so it was definitely a lot more alienated back then as opposed to how it is now. Um, apparently, in his teenage years, his sister Peggy eventually found some of the pornography that he had, images of, like, women being bound and, like, gagged and, you know, all that fun stuff. And she was apparently very concerned with um, what she found, but she did not say anything about any of this until his trials. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, after high school, David seemed to, you know, be doing really well, making the best of his life. He joined the army. He had an honorable discharge. Um, both his time in and outside of the army, he worked as a mechanic. Many people would say that he was great at his job, very friendly, always offering to teach others how to do things, very helpful, so on. Um, he would also weld his own tools and things to help him be better at his job, which is an important piece later in our story. Um, David then married his first wife. Um, I could not find what age this was at, so not too sure on that little piece of information, but he confided in her that as a teenager he had kidnapped a girl, tied her to a tree, tortured her, and then killed her. Like, excuse me, what? And she didn't just report this? The wife ended up doing nothing about it. She was just like, oh, he's just mentally ill. It's fine. Oh. Like, wouldn't, wouldn't you go to the police with something like that? Or even be like, yeah, I kind of don't want to marry you anymore. Yeah. Um, but I mean, luckily, um, they ended up getting a divorce because she reported their marriage is getting increasingly more disturbing. Um, could not find exactly what was more disturbing, but increasingly more disturbing. Yikes. Um, David ended up marrying a total of four times and they all ended in divorce. What a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> um, he did end up having two daughters, Jessie and the other one will remain unnamed. I mean, who would really want their name out there tied to this nasty man? I don't blame her for wanting to stay, um like unnamed yeah so in david's 50s he lived in a small town in new mexico and in this specific area it attracted a lot of drifters like sex workers or drug addicts these homeless people or addicts would usually set up camp around a man-made lake it was you know a pretty nice little thing out in the middle of the desert that attracted a lot of people to come through or whatever yeah. um this place was the second city in all of America for the highest crime dates in 1999. There was murder, Jesus. rape, drug use, all the bad stuff. It's also said that when it comes to people who are drug addicts um, or sex workers who are murdered, the police usually don't take it as seriously because they're like, oh, like, they had it coming. So David lives in this area over the years and he has obtained quite a large sum of cash from saving up and... Now that he has a new girlfriend named Cindy, who he had met at work, who supports his dreams, um, they moved into a mobile home in the middle of the freaking desert. Perfect place for a serial killer, am I right? So, David had finally decided to build the toy box of his dreams. 
Oh my goodness. Okay. So, now that he had a girlfriend who supported his sick desires, the two of them spent over a hundred thousand dollars on a soundproof trailer as long as the supplies to use within the trailer. They stocked it with saws, knives, needles, surgical tools, whips, chains, straps, a fur-lined coffin, electrical clamps, ropes, and sex toys. Everything a serial killer's heart desires. So she was into this too. Yeah, she fully supported him. She didn't, well, did she just support him or was she into it? Um, I mean, she was not involved with like the raping and killing of the women, but, um, she was fully supportive of him doing it. That's so odd. Yeah. I would think that she, I mean, if she was like this invested into it, she would be like, she'd like that kind of thing too. Well, later in the story, she gets a little bit involved, but it's not... Not like what I, what you'd think. Yeah. Okay. Um, he also decorated the place real nice with lots of pornographic material on the walls with very BDSM images of girls being tied up or gagged and, you know, the stuff from the magazines that his dad gave him as a child. Um... There was also a video posted of when the police toured the trailer, and it was like he literally just ripped the images out of the magazines and put them on the wall. And, um, uh, he, it gets a little bit more graphic at this point, um, but not, like, super intense. Um, a lot more intense than the other ones. Yeah. So, warning here. <laughs> As mentioned before, David was a mechanic who would make his own tools at work. His handiwork would also help him in his spare time with creating whatever sex toys he wanted to abuse his victims with. Um, beware what you are about to hear. Good God. <laughs> What's following is very descriptive, and if you are sensitive to the warning at the beginning, please be cautious or click away now. Mature material following. All right. So, David would make dildos out of plastic, like, PVC pipes that you would find at, like, Menards or Home Depot. Menard. Now, remember the size of a PVC pipe if you've ever seen some. Like, if you put your middle finger and your thumb together, like, it's about that thick. Like, it's... That's the one he, like, that it's, was... A, the, it's the, big. Those were the ones that he used, though. Yeah. Were that big, okay. Um... And to make it even better, at the base of it, he attached nails sticking upwards and around um, the base so it would rip up the area of his victims. Oh, man. Yeah. He also made a machine that had a dildo attached to it that would move in a very aggressive jabbing motion. Now, mind you, he probably had more creations, but they were all made to inflict pain. He also had an ankle spreader that would not only keep his victim's, victim's legs open, but it would also force their hips out of place and tear their muscles. What? Like, like, first off, you're like, oh, okay, BDSM, like, it's cool, just stay, like, into the safe category, and he's like, no. Yeah, this is kind of crazy. Yeah, and it, it gets worse. It, it gets worse. I don't, I don't know how it could get possibly oh, worse. Well, you just wait. Um, <sighs> he also somehow managed to get a gynecologist table. 
Uh, my fellow ladies out there, you'll know what I'm talking about, but for those of you who don't, um, it's a doctor's table with, like, little ankle holders for when women have to, like, get an exam done yeah. down there for, like, STDs. Gotta be safe. Um, but he put this chair in the center of his room with all of the toys and whatnot surrounding it. He had a ceiling um, mirror mounted because he wanted his victims to watch what he was doing to them. He also had a wooden um, contraption that he built that forced his victims to bend over and immobilize them while he had dogs or his friends come over to stick things in them. Um, reading about this piece here was truly disturbing to me, so beware again at this next following thing. David would apparently put gravy on the lower regions of his victims and have dogs eat it off of them. Good God. Yeah. It's, it's disgusting and terrible and ugh. David needed to have victims who were non-consenting. He needed to inflict pain upon his victims. So moving on to the murder of Cynthia. Well, not exactly murder because she didn't die in the end, but it's terrible enough, so... David was posing as a police officer and approached a sex worker, Cynthia, and she had offered him work, and he told Cynthia that she was under arrest for solicitation of sex work before he handcuffed her and put her in the back of his car. He then takes her into his house and chains her to a bed in the living room. She was locked in his home for what appeared to be three days. As anyone would, Cynthia knew she had to get the hell out of there to stay alive. Yeah. So when David's at work, Cindy, David's girlfriend, is supposed to be keeping an eye on her, you know, making sure she doesn't get away. Um, Cindy ends up getting a phone call and she leaves the keys to Cynthia's locks on the table next to the bed she was chained to on accident. Um, Cindy then walks out of the room on the phone and Cynthia manages to get the keys and, you know, is trying to free herself, but... You know, with how much anxiety and, like, everything that's going on, you're pretty shaky and... Yeah. Cindy ends up hearing the keys rattling around from the room over. When Cindy sees that she has the keys, she grabs a nearby lamp and bashes her over the head with it, trying to knock Cynthia unconscious. However, Cynthia managed to get her hands free and she gets up. Apparently, there was an ice pick nearby and Cynthia ends up stabbing Cindy in the neck and ear region. It doesn't say specifically where, but in, in that general area. region. Okay. Um, so, she, as soon as she stabs her, she makes a run for it. She is completely naked with nothing but a spiked dog collar on as she runs away from the house. Now, you know, like, great for her, she gets away, but... As she's running and knocking on doors and, like, running down the main roads, for some reason, people just don't want anything to do with her. Like, nobody is helping her. Which is, like, why? Like, oh, that's normal. Just a lady running on the side of the road trying to wave down cars with nothing but a dog collar on. Well, yeah, but she's all... She's naked. She's probably has blood all over her. I mean, maybe think people just think she's, like, on some sort of drugs or something. Yeah, maybe. Because, as said before, like, the area is, like, very highly, like, crime. Yeah. But finally, at one house, a nice lady opens the door, and they end up calling the police, and they take Cynthia to the hospital, 
While the police were questioning her, they felt that they couldn't add much credibility to her story since she was a sex worker and a drug addict, as many of his previous victims. Yeah. Um, but somehow she got really lucky and Cindy ended up being in the same hospital that she was in. And she ended up seeing Cindy in the hallway and immediately identified her as, like, the girlfriend. Like, hey, yo, like, I'm the one who stabbed her in the neck because, like, you know, everything that went on. So the police ended up going to to Cindy and David's house. When they go to investigate the house, they see that it's, like, an absolute mess. And they see the chains on the bed where Cynthia was in the bucket that she had used as a bathroom. And, like, they saw this and they were like, oh, shit, she's not lying. Is this within the same day? Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. A lot goes down. On the same day. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. They continued to search the home and then they went into the backyard where they found the trailer and saw everything. Um, they found the trailer along with a nice camera pointed right at the table where his victims would lay. They also found a clipboard hung on the wall that appeared to be a list of his victims that he had ca- kidnapped between 1993 and 1997. It had multiple dates with tally marks next to each date. The investigators believe that the tally marks were the number of assaults committed to each person. Jesus Christ. Yeah. There was also a bulletin board where he had posted pictures of his previous victims. He also had a sort of rules list on the bulletin board that included things like a woman will do anything to be let loose. And it goes on to list a bunch of reasons people have pled for their lives before saying... If she is worth taking, she is worth keeping. Damn. Yeah. Um, They then viewed the tape that was in the camera, and they saw David um, standing beside a woman who was tied to the table. Um, Investigators noted that it was obvious she was slipping in and out of consciousness and that there was no way that she could give any sort of consent in this state. Um, And then they see David go to a recorder and press play to a voice recording. And apparently this is something he would play for every single one of his victims before he would assault them. Um, this voice recording is explained to his victims that David was going to play a torture game with them. He would then explain to them what he was going to do to them. And you can actually find the real recording if you wanted to. It's on YouTube. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, we're not going to play it here for multiple reasons, um, one of which including that it is 240 minutes of absolute terror. Damn. Like. It's long. Yeah. But um, just a tidbit, he does start it off by saying, hello there, bitch. Are you comfortable right now? Doubt it. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah. He then proceeds uh, to say how he was going to stick things in all of their holes and, you know, a numerous amount of other disturbing sexual things. So police are watching this tape and they're trying to figure out who this girl is. They eventually send footage to the FBI so they can help determine who she is. Um, They end up figuring out who she is from a large tattoo on her calf. They put this image out there for people to identify and it eventually reached a woman named Kelly. She notices that it's her tattoo and she goes to the police and they tell her that they have this videotape. So now to Kelly's story. Kelly had like absolutely no recollection of anything that happened that went on during this tape. All she remembered from that night is that she got into a fight with her husband and went to the bar and asked her friend Jessie, David's daughter, for a ride home. Oh. And Jessie then brought her to David. Yikes. 
um, David had raped her and kept her drug and eventually slit her throat and threw her onto the side of the road. And she lived. She went to her husband about the bits and pieces she did remember and he didn't believe her. He assumed that she was cheating on him and this later led to their divorce. Um, first off, how in the world do you come home after having your throat slit and being naked on the side of the road and your husband's like, nah, you were just cheating? That is crazy, yeah. Why didn't she go to the police? Um, I don't know. She just went to her husband after she, she had her might throat have. slit? She kind of might dumb. have, but it just said that, like, people didn't believe her. Well, I think that, I mean, you can get a freaking case about I mean, she probably didn't remember where it happened either. So yeah, like, she didn't, didn't... That probably didn't help her case. They probably just assumed that, like, oh, like, you took a drug while you were at the bar and... And, yeah, and then you had sex with somebody and then somehow your throat got slit. Yeah. Um, Kelly then later stated in interviews that she moved away... Um, after she moved away, she would have nightmares of her being held down and being raped. She thought that this was just due to stress. Um, first off, let me just say that I am so glad that that sort of stuff doesn't just happen from regular stress, <laughs> because I would be terrorized <laughs> by now. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's funny. Um, so when she went to talk to the police about her tattoo, they asked her if she remembered anything about David House, and they, like, showed her some pictures of, like, his house. Mm -hmm. She said she had no idea, and then they showed her the tape of herself being like abused yeah could you imagine like having no idea what happened to you and then being shown a video of yourself being fucking abused yes yeah, and like raped that's pretty crazy like what and so once the story was put out the like the media immediately fucking snatched it up and like blew it up yeah and then another victim, um, they saw it and they came forward. And her story was apparently right before Cynthia, the first girl we discussed. But um, again, she was a sex worker and a drug addict. Her story was just pushed aside. Um, Sydney later came forward to admit that David was selling some of his previous victims to sex traffickers and that David viewed women in a way that he owned all of them. He also um, used the term packages when discussing his previous victims. Yikes. Yeah. That was gross. He had also apparently took Polaroid images of his victims that he later burned after a certain amount of time, which, you know, disappointed police because it was less evidence for them to convict him on. Yeah. Um, also, based off Cindy's account, he murdered over 30 women. He had apparently tried dumping a body into the lake, but once it came back up, he learned to cut holes in the stomachs of his victims before dumping them into the lake so that the air could escape. And then he eventually started filling their stomachs with rocks to keep them tied down. God. Sydney reported that David had dumped seven bodies into the lake. And of course, investigators are like, it's too deep. And they don't search it for bodies. They never searched it? They never searched it. That's ridiculous. Their other um, main concern was like, oh, we, because it was a man-made lake, they could have drained it, but it was too expensive. So they never did anything, and the bodies are still probably in there. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. Yep. <laughs> um, back 
on to like their sentences. Um, Cindy was then sentenced to a lowly 36 years in prison and only ended up serving 19 years. Gotta love it. The hell? Um, David's daughter, Jessie, was known to be a big drug dealer and assisted with some of the kidnappings, but she was only sentenced to two and a half years in prison. And, and then a little bit of probation. Damn. Although, even though David, David was able to beat off two of the cases they put against him, the toy box killer was ultimately sentenced to 224 years in prison Jesus, that's... for numerous offenses involved in the abduction and sexual torture of these three women. Although, being the little bitch that he is, he died three years into his sentence and did not serve nearly what he should have. How did he die? A heart attack. Oh. On May 28th, 2002. Wow, that's crazy. Um, so, wait, how many years was Cindy sentenced to? Um, Cindy was sentenced to 36, but she only served 19 years. Oh, she died. Um, no, she was released. Like, recently? What year What year were they convicted? Um, well, three years into David's sentence was 2002, so they were convicted in 1999. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so, she's, she's out then, right? Oh, yeah, she's alive. She's out, you know, roaming the world. Oh, fuck. That's, that's so, crazy. Uh, watch out if you're living in New Mexico. And um, what was the daughter's name? Jessie. Yeah, she's she was released right after. Uh, yeah, two and a half years. Just... If you guys want to see a picture of these people, I will link them. I will post pictures on our Instagram for you to see. Uh, what this nasty man looks like. Or maybe I'll even put some pictures of his his toy box up there. Oh, God. All right. Well, thank you guys for uh, tuning into this episode of Crimespiracy. If you made it all the way through, uh, that's that's great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's great. Um, yeah, make sure you guys leave a follow on our Spotify. Go check out our website, crimespiracy.com. And uh, have a great day.